The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Absurd Psychology, straight answers without all the bull. Your host is Dr. Gary Bell. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and he'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Absurd Psychology with Dr. Gary Bell. I'm your host. Uh, Today, we've got an incredible topic. It's organizational development, the potential within. And I am so fortunate to have an incredible guest, Dr. Wayne McAfee. And he specializes in this particular area of organizational development, organizational psychology, coaching, assisting businesses to grow, and also helping their uh, work with their staffs. I'll go through his uh, bio, uh, biography here in a couple of minutes, but let me let me kind of introduce in a strange way. You know, you have a terrible leader when number one, they hide in their office. Number two, they preach teamwork and reward individuals. They focus on low performers, and they create urgency and don't follow through. They rely on email to communicate. They have no timely feedback. They tolerate behaviors that create office drama. They waste your life in unfocused meetings. They're intimidating, lying, bullying, inapproachable, paranoid, or partial. These are qualities of a terrible leader. Now, Dr. Wayne McAfee, you are the kind of person that goes into a business and turns them around. So let me go through your your bio here. Dr. Wayne McAfee is a mental health professional and the director of organizational development. He has provided services for the counseling team, which is one of our sponsors since 1984, and has a Ph.D. in counseling psychology. Dr. McAfee has over 30 years of experience working in the private and public organizations and has managed over 125 employees, reviewed budgets over $26 million. He's provided intervention and planning services to hundreds of agencies, including law enforcement, fire service, board of directors, elected officials, top-level managers. He also specializes in organizational development and team building, which we're going to ask a lot of questions about, and executive coaching, which gives organizations the necessary skills and tools to maximize the full potential of their workforce through teamwork. Now, Dr. McAfee, what led you into this organizational development sector of psychology? Uh, Gary, good morning. Pleasure to be here this morning. Uh, Really what got me started in working with uh, organizations is when I would do trauma calls and do counseling, what I would find that most people, although they struggled through difficult situations, it really led back to the workplace. And time after time, when we would be talking to people under trauma, they would say, wow, I wish you could come to my workplace. I wish you could work with my supervisor. I wish I could have less stress in the workplace. 
And so as a consequence of that, it was there's a, a missing gap out there that we're missing an opportunity, not post-trauma, but in a preemptive way, mm -hmm. to work with organizations that really need a makeover, they really need a better way of doing business, their bottom line can be improved, they can develop a revenue stream that they don't have now, but they can have a workforce that's not only efficient and effective, but that's productive and happy at what they're doing. We want employees who are engaged, and I just found that based on my research, what got me into organizational development was only 26% of the workforce is really engaged at work. They're only 26%. That's a staggering number that's got to change. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, people spend more time at work than they do with their own families. Absolutely. And if it's a full-time career, you're talking about 173 hours a month. You're talking well over 2,000 hours of, uh, a year in the workplace. And for people to be unhappy, not engaged, don't have the vitality and the spirit, and they don't have an environment where there's great leadership, that can be a very lonely existence. It is, absolutely. You know, to you, what is the value of this service from a sense of what you're bringing, not only the employees, but the business? A lot of different values. I'm also a business owner, so, so I get the sense of the retail, been in government, been in private practice. The real benefit is different based on the organization. Obviously, if it's a private business, it's profit-driven, uh, the benefit is bottom line. People in, in this economy, the great companies figure it out. They figure out how to have great employees with great products, with great marketing ideas. In the government sector, it's a little bit different. It's about efficiency and effectiveness. It's about teamwork. It's about guiding through the government bureaucracy and, and hiring great leaders who can produce great products for the community. So the benefits can be results-driven, either private or public, some of it's dollars, but a lot of it's just service to the community and improving those services, especially when it comes to efficiencies, effects, and searching for excellence. It's interesting. Uh, you know, Paul O'Neill used to be our treasury, uh, uh, head of the treasury for George Bush. And it was interesting. He used to be the president of Alcoa, uh, the, the metal manufacturer. And he took that company and he basically focused on one thing, and that was safety, yes. employee safety. By focusing on employee safety within one year, they tripled their profits because people all of a sudden weren't dying weren't being injured. They felt like they can talk to their leadership and they wanted to contribute to the business. And so he, he invested in his people and just like you're saying, the business went through the roof. There's no question, Gary. People have to invest in the best resource they have and that's the human capital. And the human capital can take you in amazing places. What we find is in most companies, businesses, organizations, the managers, the presidents, the CEOs, the directors have very little people contact. It's their employees who day-to-day -day are the operational level, the functional level. And if we don't invest in those people, how in the heck are we going to get a great product? How are we going to have a great organization? How are we going to be searching for excellence? And what we find is if we invest in that human capital by caring by listening, by getting feedback, by having an organization where we encourage people to notice change. We want people to notice cultures. We want people to notice their working environment, and we want leaders who want the feedback. Absolutely. You know, how has your 
analysis assisted real companies, departments, and organizations? What, what kind of impact does those kinds of analysis do? Great question. Here's what we find. Bottom line is, look, leaders need feedback. As great a leader as you can be, sometimes we're just close to it. And a lot of studies talk about leadership missing 25, 30% of really what's going on. What our company does is we can go into a business, go into an organization, go into a city, and collect data from people in an objective way. What's really important is the trust level has to be there. We have to know what the scope is. But we're kind of that safe environment. So we go into companies and through critical factor surveys, through collecting data, to doing one-on-one interviews that are highly um, uh, confidential but really dig deep because people have a lot to say. We want people to share their private thoughts and make them public. And so with us, it's a safe environment. But we collect all this data, and then we go to management saying, look, here's three or four things that maybe you had no clue was going on, but more importantly, here's what you can do about it. Here's how you can fix it. And people in the workplace are struggling. They need outside feedback. They need somebody who they can trust. When you have a relationship with your boss, there are certain things that just don't feel safe. We're the safe keepers of that. I know the impact of your work and it is incredible and and exactly what you're saying is just like in life when people seek counseling at work they need the same thing they need something outside to look in but something from a professional perspective now the executive you know when you're looking at executive how do you analyze their effectiveness in leadership and how emotional can that be because you're challenging the leader of an organization it, it's very personal. It's, it's we're going into a company, we're going into a business, we're going into a city department. And a lot of people, it's like, oh my gosh, are we going to audit them? Are we going to tell them things that will be hurtful or painful? We just want leaders to know the truth. So what we do is it's a very emotional experience, but it's a win-win experience. It's not good or bad. It's just left or right. We're not looking to be critical. We're not looking to harm anybody's career. Frankly, just the opposite. We're looking to build trust, build relationships, build communication models. And so when we go in, you know, we need a leader who's open to the feedback. If they're, he or she is not open to feedback, it makes our job more difficult. But what we find is their employees are open to feedback and they want to talk to us. Just like in therapy, when you have an opportunity to open up with, with a psychologist or a therapist, you want to do that. It's a cleansing opportunity. It's the same thing in business. Again, 2,080 hours a year, and if you're not engaged, and if you don't like your job, let's look for win-win opportunities. Let's not continue working in an environment that's not healthy for us. If you're a great person but in the wrong culture, you're going to struggle. If you're a great person and you're not matched right for your job, you're going to struggle. Let's fix it. Let's stop the madness. That is awesome. You know, when, when you're analyzing these executive skills, what, what are the common elements that you're looking for as far as a good executive? We're looking for executives who are ready to change. We're looking for flexibility. We're looking for talented executives who believe in communication. We're looking for executives who, who don't want to live life in the rearview mirror. We want people who move forward. We want people who inspire people. We want workload that realize that micromanaging is long gone. 
Mm. That you have to empower your people, hire the right people, make great selections, give them their job, be crystal clear on what the mission and vision is. And then frankly, here's what all your audience needs to know. Great leaders, they get out of the way better than anybody else. Boy, that's the truth. And they let employees do their job. They let employees do their job. However they want to get there, maybe a little bit different than what I used to do it when I was in that position. But at the end of the day, great leadership knows when to be engaged and when to step back and get out of the way and clean the arteries and let the blood flow. And what do you think that empowerment of your employees does for them? It makes them feel like they're a part of the team. It makes them feel like they're contributing. They feel engaged again. But more importantly, Gary, and you said this earlier, and this is important, employees want management and leaders who listen to their ideas. Not always you know, implement their ideas, but who are willing to listen. And we also want leaders who act upon suggestions. Study after study shows that we frustrated employees because they have great ideas, and we've told management this three years ago, but frankly, nothing's happened. Where's the action? It's about implementation. It's about driving successes. It's about trying new things. It's about taking risks. You know, if you think about it, when you walk in the door of a new a business that you're going to consult with, I mean, how can you tell or do you get an immediate feeling when you walk in about how effective they are as a business? Can you get that impression right away? You know, I have an amazing team of professionals, Dr. Nels Cliver, Iris Patronite, a few others, who when they walk in a business, you can just look at how it's laid out. You can look at the staffing model. You can look at the people. You can see, are they smiling? Great companies do two things better than other companies. They smile a lot and they laugh a lot. And right away, intuitively, with our years of experience, we can go into a company and right away you get a feeling. Is it warm? Is it delightful? Is the business laid out well? Is, is there great customer care? I mean, not customer service, but customer care and the great companies who are successful even through bad economic times, they figure it out. If you listen to the people on the floor, you'll learn, about, learn a lot about the company and the company's success. You know, I, I travel a lot and just looking at countries that are third world, a lot of the folks live day to day and they live in fear. Here in this country, we have a great opportunity to live in faith. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a sense that there's a hope. And we have so much of that. And to have to go to work and live in fear, that, that has to be so damaging to people. Is that a necessary element that you look at? It's a huge issue. And the fear takes on a lot of different dimensions. One is fear of loss of job. One is fear, if I step over the line, I'm going to get slapped. I could lose my job. One is fear of, I just got to come to work, do my job, and hold on that I have the job next month. That's not healthy. It's not healthy for management, the company, or the, the employee. And I'm concerned about the employees who are listening to your show today, who when I ask them this simple question, when Sunday night hits and you're done watching TV Sunday night, you're done putting the kids back together, are you excited about Monday morning going to work or are you depressed and sad? And I would argue that there's a lot of people who are clinically depressed even who don't want to go to work who have to because it's two income families, who have to go to work because they have too many bills. And 
if it becomes a job and not a career, if you don't feel engaged at work, if you don't have great partnerships and relationships at work, again, how do you want to spend 2,080 hours a year? Do you want to feel like you're productive and efficient and effective and feel part of a team and part of a process? Or do you want to get mired down in bureaucracy and low-level thinking and no inspiration and no vitality? It's just a job. If there's listeners out there today that are hearing this, it can be more than just a job for you, but you need to make some adjustments before the company even will. That's, that's awesome. All right. We were down to uh, about a minute here before we take a break, but uh, we're going to talk about goals here in this, in this coming segment. So uh, we're going to discuss that and, and common problems that we see in businesses. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. And uh, I'm so fortunate, once again, to have Dr. Wayne McAfee with us uh, for organizational development. Come right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary Bell or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough. But if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. So, got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on the Email Host button on the Voice America page. 
Now, back to Absurd Psychology. Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Once again, we have Dr. Wayne McAfee here to talk to us about organizational development. And I've got some really strong questions because I know uh, when people go to work, they want to know what they're working for. They want to know why they're there. They want to know what is our point? What are we trying to accomplish? How important are goals to any business, organization, or mission? Gary, thanks. You you asked earlier about when we walk into a business, what do we observe? One of the things that all companies, businesses need to have is, is a set of goals. But even before we get to the details of the goals, we need to know what the mission of the company is. And I ask your listeners, if we were to take all of their teammates and coworkers together, got a three by five card and said, tell us what the mission is of the company, my guess is we'd have a variety and variance of answers that some people just don't know what the mission is. We don't know why we're there. What's our purpose? So you're absolutely right. The great companies, the strategic thinking companies, the companies that invest in their people, not only want to develop a mission statement, not only want to have an amazing vision, but they want their people to participate in it. What saddens me and saddens our team is when we go into companies, they have a mission statement on the wall that was done 10, 15 years ago by a bunch of corporate executives that that aren't even here anymore. So every year we need to really look at mission and vision and then start with our strategic goals, measurable goals, and how people strategically plan their work to meet those goals. You know, the, the, this is a very anal retentive question, but when you're looking at analysis, how do you analyze to figure out what are the appropriate goals for a business? I mean, what are some of the key points to look for? Well, part of the roadmap that you want to lay out is, you know, what is our purpose? Who is our customer? Why do we come to work? Why did we decide to work here? So when we talk about goal setting and developing a mission and a vision, we want to pull out key words about what we think we do well. And we want to have a deeper level discussion. Now let me tell your audience, it is about a deeper level discussion. We, we can have all these C-level discussions all day long at work, but the great companies want to take it deeper. What is our goals? What is our mission? Uh, What are we all about? Who is our target audience? How can we adjust? What are we doing well? What what have we been doing for years? And I want your audience to hear this because everybody's going to agree with me. We continue to do things that we feel comfortable with that may not be what's right for the company or for the employee. So let's get creative. Let's get strategic. Let's not just do the same job over and over again. People want to feel like there's opportunities, not just for promotability and succession planning, but people want to know that I can go beyond my job description and get involved in different aspects of the business or the company. Yeah, you know, when you look at the sense of depression of people that are feeling hopeless or, you know, I I say depression lives in limbo. If you're in limbo, you're going to be depressed because you feel like you're going nowhere. And if employees are feeling that way, Generally, what's happening is their feelings are going to be more important than their thoughts. And so when people offer change, fear is the first thing that will come forward, the fear of change. And it's an emotional thing for them. And, and so I know people, when they come into, you come into a business, they're excited that something's going to happen. But is there fear? Do they express a sense of concern? I think here's what they express. When we go to work for a business or a company, they're hopeful. They, they feel like there is an opportunity. But I think that's where if leaders and executives and managers 
don't buy in on change and don't buy into have a high flexibility level. The problem is, is the hopes, if we don't follow through, that's the problem. Mm. We come in with hope, we interview, we collect data, we come up with a strategic plan, and then nothing happens. It ends up on a shelf three or four years later. I think the 360 model works where everybody gets involved, we talk about what we're doing, we talk about the strategies, management has taken a risk with the company and say, yeah, let's do it different, let's do it better, and let's have more fun when we execute our plans. But failure to get them involved all the way through the process is an inherent mistake that a lot of management managers make. Yeah, it amazes me that when uh, corporations offer what's called a, a 360 evaluation by their employees, um, and it's a blind study, uh, many of them, though they're, they have the vehicle and the tool there to offer it to their employees, many people avoid that. And I, I find that to be very interesting. You know, are, are finances in an organization a part of your work? Absolutely. I personally took a $500,000 a year business and turned it into an $8 million business. And it really had nothing to do with my set of skills. It was all about hiring the right people. And I think when we look at finances, you look at business and the lack of success that a lot of businesses have, even in rough times, the, the, the businesses that believe in strategic planning and have flexibility and creativity and are great decision makers, those businesses survive even in different difficult economic times. But you must have the right people. And so oftentimes we can have the accounting piece, but we also have the people to back it up. And so often, as I said earlier, the touching people who touch the customer and touch the employees and touch the constituents and touch the, touch the citizens, they're first-line people. That engagement has a lot to do with revenue streams, ability to pay, promotability, and I think employees need to understand and get educated on the finances of a business. And too often times, owners, managers don't want to share financial information with employees. And they have this historical view of, oh, that's privilege, that's private. Look, I want my people to know how we're doing. I want them to know, though, how they contribute to that financial revenue stream, whether public or private. But we have to have a discussion about money. And as you know, so many people fear money. So many people don't understand money. And frankly, I'm not sure that some businesses would know how they're doing based on revenue stream. They don't have the right accounting plan. They don't have the right CPA. They, they don't have a strategic business plan, let alone a plan for their employees. So what we try to do with companies is kind of a, a full circle of services, from the employee development to the retail aspect to the nonverbal aspect, the, the, the way the business looks, the way it operates. Um, we can make amazing suggestions. So people are going to get a memorable service from you. And the great companies are memorable. They're memorable. You know, I, I often wonder... When a small business takes the plunge and actually gets a decent insurance company for their employees and when they get 401ks for their employees and they acquire things that are they're about investing, employees investing in their future, what impact do you think that has on them? I think it's huge. I think that employees want to be and have team building in the pocket too. They, they want to make more money. They want better benefits they don't realize that there's no instant gratification. It takes time. Probationary periods are a year or 18 months for a reason. It takes time to prove your worth. You have to know 
what the culture and the value of the company is. Is it going to be the right match for you? Can you have an honest discussion with your boss? Do you feel like your supervisor has your best interest? Gary, we hear all the time people come into work and they're not trained properly. There's no training. We interview you, we like you, you do a great interview, there's no matching done, and all of a sudden it's like you're not happy because it's the wrong match for you. Get matched correctly. But I think the benefit package is important, but let me just say this. Money, giving employees raises and more money will not improve their morale. Study after study says if you don't get the right match, the right person, the right training module, you can pay them more money, better benefits, and at the end of the day, you're not going to get better service. Wow. You know, how do you see time as far as turning a company around? What, what, what kind of a, do you factor that into to, to your discussion with businesses? Yes. The larger companies, it's like a big battleship. It takes longer and longer to turn it around. The smaller companies can be turned around quicker, again, if there's leadership who's flexible, who's open to feedback, who wants to see the company succeed in a different way. But at the end of the day, the timing is really about the commitment of the employees to see things differently. It's an introspective, it's replacing old habits, it's making, and I think this is important for your listeners, this is not about perfection. I mean, you're not going to get all your needs met at work. Never. But if we're with an organization who's making movement and progress and having deeper level discussions about the future, that's the companies that make change. Those are the companies that start to turn around. Yes. Yeah. You know, interchangeability also, I know that that is important that they have employees that can multitask, can do several jobs. Um, You know, you talk about mentioning having the right person for the right job. These days, a lot of companies will you know, put a person in one place and then they'll move them to another. And they kind of do that because they have the skill sets to do more than one job. Is that some part of your analysis? It is. Um, We do a lot of work with a lot of different cities here in Riverside and San Bernardino County. And with my team's help, we have just completely done transition planning and job match analysis where we can take a company and a business and start putting people in the right seats in the right bus. And I think what happens is management at a higher level can look down and start moving people like chess pieces. But at the end of the day, you can't just make your decisions on moving employees to different jobs just based on intuition and gut judgment. That there has to be some solid data to back that up of what they're going to be successful with. And so I think what we offer companies and businesses is more of a science. Let's not guess at what you would be good at. Let's validate it. Let's, let's get some raw data. Let's help you understand that you may be really successful at one job, but if we put you at another job, you may not be as successful. So why do we want to set you up for failure? And I think so when we make moves like that, rather than make individual chess piece moves, We want to look at it in an organization in its totality. Let's look at the whole dynamics of the company. Then let's start to make selection because you're absolutely right. People want to be motivated. And here's the key word. I hope your listeners get this. They want to be challenged. Everybody just woke up. People at work want to be challenged. They don't want mundane, routine, same thing every day. And I would argue that if we explore with them and coach them and work with them, that they can make their jobs more fulfilling and a lot more fun. Boy, I tell you, you know, it's funny. I grew up in Indiana, and uh, my 
father worked in a General Motors factory. And in that factory, people worked the same job over, they was before automation, over and over and over again. People would throw themselves into the machinery just because they couldn't do it anymore. I mean, it was sad. It, it, was, a, it was a very difficult uh, thing. You know, that will drive a person crazy. You know, what are some of the interventions you use to stir the pot to get people's attention that changes in the air when you come into a business? Do you do, you do any kind of functional interventions with the executives or with the employees? Yes. Part of the, the tool bag and the strategies that we offer, I think, unlike other companies, is, is we understand retail. We understand government. I've been a government employee. My staff has been government employees at high levels. They understand what it's like. So I think with our team and the Counseling Team International actually has 15 offices throughout California. And what we're good at is we know cultures. We know fire departments, police department, libraries. We know Fortune 500 companies, small businesses. So we use a series of assessment tools that will help us. Plus, it's just based on experience and collecting data and talking to people to not just have a boiler point plan, but really have a strategic, creative plan for that particular company that's custom done. Wow. Well, you know, what, how does an intervention affect a positive outcome? Well, we find that communication is probably the biggest problem in an organization. People, people talk about communicating better, but they don't know how to do it. And that's what we do. And when you communicate better, you have happier employees, you have more productive employees, you have a sense, we want employees to have a sense of urgency. Look, life is real short. We all have our tragedies. Why do we want to waste another day at work when we're not in a model of communication? And again, great people are open to feedback. So all of your listeners who think they can do this by themselves, you don't have to struggle anymore. Life at work doesn't have to be the same. You can start to re-engineer how you want to look at your job. And boy, the results are not only financial for you, but again, that level of happiness, success, and being challenged will come back into the workplace. You know, the truth is, is that, you know, businesses these days are not the companies that want to retire you. They're not the companies that want to uh, give you all the benefits. I mean, many companies just want to hire people and use them and, and let them go. And I think a lot of us feel that and see that in this economy. Isn't it important that an employee looks at themselves as an investment? Employees have to get their confidence back. We can no longer just be doing the resume, Rolodex, and reputation and land any job because we're desperate. One of the services that we offer are coaching individuals to get to that ideal place. You have to be strategic in this market. You can't settle. You can't be needy. The minute you become needy, you've lost control and power. And I don't care whether you're the bottom line person or the high level manager or the executive, neediness is not where you want to go. And I think that what we can do is help you align your goals and values with the right company. That's awesome. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about team building. And I'm so fortunate once again to have Dr. Wayne McAfee here, absolute expert in organizational development. Let's try to get those tools so we can have some peace in our life when we work so many hours. Thank you for listening. Come back and we're going to have more on Team Bill. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary Bell or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough. But if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. So, got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on the email host button on the Voice America page. Now, back to Absurd Psychology. Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Once again, we have Dr. Wayne McAfee talking to us about organizational development. Now, let's go into team building is... Team building is something you do when you bring yourself and in, in your business into a business and you're consulting. What, what kind of uh, results can come about with team building? A lot of positive. We find that healthy organizations want to bring their teams together. Team building, simply stated, is really bringing the team together to discuss 
in dialogue on common goals, common mission, common vision. And so oftentimes we find that, I mean, some of the great companies, they meet once a week, but they're spiritual, they're healthy, they're positive, they're dynamic. People want to come to team building meetings. What gets in the way of these low, slow, you know, corporate driven meetings that nobody wants to go to? I mean, Death by Meetings is a great book. People are tired of meetings and meetings and meetings. They're really not tired of meetings. They're, talk, they're tired of not being productive. Team building that's facilitated can help people all participate and help people listen. We have a real problem in this country listening to each other. We have great monologues back and forth. We have very few great dialogues. Team building can help in dialoguing and, and really being an active listener. You know, being a therapist, I have to ask you this. Do you see a lot of parallels how good team building can actually give you tools in family? Absolutely. We're talking about great listening. We're talking about what are our goals in life. We're talking about how do we, how do we let the past become the past? How do we move forward in life? How do we make our marriage better? How do we make our business life better? I mean, we don't live in a vacuum. I mean, what happens at home affects work and vice versa. And if we can start to develop a happy work environment, it's clearly going to make a difference at home. Absolutely. I, I see so many parallels. And, you know, like I say, when you're working, you're, you, it's your second family practically. Um, it may not be the family you would choose. <laughs> Correct. And I think, Gary, that's a great point. I mean, you don't get to select who you work with all the time. And all of a sudden, you'll find that there's a styles different, there's an age different, there's a cultural difference. And all of a sudden, those type of things, we can have friction. At the end of the day, we're not two puzzle pieces that work coming together. We're two round, shiny balls that are coming together. we got to figure out how we can team build and work better collectively as a group. But we're not puzzle pieces, and we never will be. You know, in my corporate life, I, I always uh, have told my bosses that uh, you work for me. <laughs> I don't work for you. You work for me, and I'm going to give you work because you're going to have to support me. And by doing that, even that kind of team building, they know what I'm doing, and I know what they're doing, and we're in tune with each other. Your listeners get it. What they get is that, is that at the end of the day, we want a boss who supports us. When times get difficult, we want a boss who will support us. If we make a mistake, let's learn from it and move on. And let's not harbor it and harbor it. But we need great leaders who get that, that want to support, like you said earlier, this amazing human capital at work. Every day when I was managing hundreds of people, my goal was to make their job better, find a way to promote them, try to, as you mentioned, get better benefits. That's what leadership is. It's about inspiring people to do more. So let's look at uh, a little more uh, levity here, time, time and time off, play. You know, how... How much is play involved in corporate life or working in a business? I have three family businesses. I've been doing this for 30 years. I've been in government for many, many years. The great companies realize that, that the priorities are family and friends and then work. We don't get the time back. And the sacrifice that families make so people can move up the corporate ladder sometimes just isn't worth it. And what we're starting to find out that with families and children, that we need leaders who recognize the importance of family. And I got to tell you, sometimes us guys just don't get it. But I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like a mom. 
and moms are special and moms are all in the workplace and we need to value their time as parents. I don't care how great dads are, we're not moms. And I hope your listeners get this. We're not moms. There's great dads out there, but nobody's a mom. When it comes to children being sick on Monday morning, who goes to work and who stays home? Mom stays home and dad goes to work because mom's the caregiver. And the work environment now, we need to have life balance. We need to realize that you will be more efficient and effective and productive for me if I value your time off. These nighttime weekend calls, again, I realize that in some cases you have to do it, but continually, what's the culture say? Does the culture embrace family life or not? And that's one of the things that you talked about in terms of the culture you're getting into for work. Does that culture, and you need to do your homework, is that the right culture for you to get into that appreciates life balance? You know, I think life balance has a lot to do with having a quality life having quality in everything you do rather than quantity. I think so many people look for quantity, and it's sad because quality is where it's at. That means, you, that means you're actually fully engaged, fully alive, and in an existentialistic you know, uh, philosophy of I'm fully present in this moment, and to be that at work, how effective can people be? Sky's the limit, and, and it's not about rank. It's not about how much you make. When I first started in government, I made $1.38 an hour. And you know what? It didn't matter. Because I knew if I did the right thing, if I provided memorable service, if I, if I did amazing work, someday the $1.38 would be a lot more. My point is, is that if we inspire our people, if we look at life balance, if we communicate, strategically plan, build in goals, look for promotability and succession planning, we will have an amazing workforce. And that's what we want. We want to search for excellence. Mm -hmm. But we have to have a discussion about it. We have to plan. It just doesn't happen. Great teams, great individuals coming together don't make great teams. Absolutely. We have to work on great teams. Now, what do you find to be key motivators? Money is a temporary motivator. I know we all need more money, we all like a raise, we all know our value can be more, but in this economy of, economy of downsizing, there's less people in the workforce, people are taking on two or three jobs. I'm sure many of your listeners can relate to this. Hey, I had five people in my office, now there's just two of us. Well, the work hasn't changed. The work, frankly, is even greater. So, motivator for people are letting people debrief, letting people vent, letting people talk about it talking about the future, talking about how they can make their job easier and better. If we would listen to our people, that's probably the number one key motivator. And then we have to execute some of their ideas. Some of them we can't just shoot straight with them, look them in the eye and say, I know you brought this up to me last week, but I can't do that. But here's what I can do. At least I'm listening. So a key motivator, although money is important to people, it's a short-term it's not a long-term sustainable issue for people in the workplace. They want a healthy, quality work environment where people care about each other. And the problem in most workplace, there's these passive-aggressive behaviors. There's these spiking in the back. There's stabbing people in the back. There's trust issues. That can be eliminated if you start to have a strategic team-building discussion. I agree with you. you know, I, I said in previous shows that listening is respect. And respect, if you look at anger management, if, you, if a person doesn't feel respected, oftentimes is going to go to rage. And, and, and respect is, is not only that I respect that you can do your job well, but I respect that when I'm out of the office, you're not going to stab me in the back either. 
and so many cultures are unhealthy. We, we have a term that, that, that we use in our firm called industrial arsonist. There are people in the workplace who don't want it to be healthy. There are people who want to reject change. There are people that thrive on chaos. And we can't have those type of people in the workplace. You know, that leads me to the topic of uh, difficult people. Because in, in nearly every aspect of our lives, we're going to have difficult people. Some are bullies, whiners, self-centered, uh, you know, poor fits philosophically to a business, and, and maybe politically. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts about these quirky, strange people, that, especially like a whiner? I, I always say the whiner is going to suck the soul straight out of your body because, you know, you're, yeah, yeah. they just never stop. You know, wh- how do you mix with these quirky people in a business? I want your listeners to close their eyes and think about the people at work who are a nightmare for them, who are under that classification of being difficult. What we have to know, that we want to celebrate diversity of styles, that oftentimes they're not bad people, the styles are just so different. So you might have somebody who's high red, who's driven, it's Donald Trump, it's about results, don't care about your weekend, don't care about your sick mom. Then we have the true blue people who care about how your feelings are, they're the nurses, the kindergarten teachers. We need a blend of styles to be successful. But here's what companies need to understand. We need to discuss this, not in a finger pointing way, but in a styles analysis. Where are we, where's our strength of our workforce? Where's our weaknesses? And if we can start discussing that, the difficult people don't become good or bad, they just become left or right. And then we start to appreciate the differences and realize this person's just a rat. They're not cruel to me. They're not trying to be argumentative. They're just so direct it comes off that way. It doesn't make them bad. We need directness, but we also need compassion. We also need great listeners. We need the blend of styles. But to just try to guess what styles people are won't get you anywhere. We need to, we need to study it at a more scientific level where we can really look at the results through team building. Yeah, you know, I, I always tell my folks, you know, life is gray. There is no black and white. If you're trying to black and white life, you're basically going to try to simplify life and you're going to go against the grain of, of existence. Absolutely. All right. So now, are there gender differences in how a leader conducts themselves? We have so many amazing women in the workforce at a high level. And, and I think what's important to look at is how do we support women leadership? And we do a lot of training for women. We, have, we work with a lot of women business owners. We look with a, a lot of women department heads, and they're amazing. But you know what? At the end of the day, their needs are the same. Support me, take care of my family, pay me well, give me good benefits, treat me the same. Treat me the same. Don't treat me differently. And I think that we're past a lot of the old biases that we used to have. Some of it still exists today. but. This is really about leadership, regardless of gender, regardless of race. This is about developing great leaders. And oftentimes when we select people, we don't continue the training process. And that's why our services, I think, can be so helpful, because this is about working with women. This is about working with men. This is about working with supervisors and first-line employees to make them better leaders. This is about leadership, and that's what our country continues to lack in the workplace is great leadership. 
Boy, I tell you, and I, I truly believe that that is not a gender-focused topic. That is just the ingredients that somebody understands how to make people work. Now, family businesses, do you do a lot of consulting with family? We do, and family businesses are a little different dynamic. Uh, they are rooted in lots of history and appreciation for the past. Grandparents started the business. Um, uh, I was fortunate that I grew up in a family business from the 50s when my dad started a, a family bicycle shop business in Rialto in the early 50s. So I understand the family dynamics of, of working with wealth transfer and, and how do we all get along and what siblings are involved in the business and which aren't. But fundamentally, we still have to plan. And just like we have to plan for our funeral someday, which we usually don't prepare well for, we also have to plan for those transitions. Eventually, dads and grandparents are going to step out of the business. Do we want it to continue? What are the goals of the business? How can we make adjustments? Do we want to sell the business? Are everybody on the same page? What I find with family businesses is they're somewhat reluctant to take a time out and to really discuss the future of how they see their business in the future. Let's have an honest discussion. And again, through team building, through assessments, we can start to determine how the family business will carry on for generations after generations. Because sometimes we find that our siblings, our, our, our significant others, our kids aren't interested in, in staying in the business. And that needs to be okay. There, and I knew I grew up feeling pressure to be part of my family business. We can't apply that pressure anymore. If somebody wants to go off and be an engineer and not be working at a gas station, they need to be able to do that. If somebody's in the paper business and they grew up in it but they don't want to do it anymore, they need to have the liberty and freedom to go try something else. This is all incredible content and I really, really appreciate it. You know, there's a, there's a website <laughs> and it's called... Uh, despair.com and I think it's really funny it's got what are called demotivational posters <laughs> and I think it's just basically poking fun at a lot of things that are not necessarily motivational that the companies think are motivational uh, one of the things it says uh, meetings none of us is dumb as all of us <laughs> and uh, believe in yourself the rest of us think you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> Motivation. Sometimes the best solution to morale problems is to fire all the unhappy people. Procrastination. Hard work may pay off after time. Laziness pays off now. Winners. Nothing says you're a loser more than displaying a motivational poster about winning. And consulting. Oh, Wayne. <laughs> if you're not a part of the solution, there's good money to be made in prolonging the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then marketing. Making it look good now is more important than providing adequate support later. <laughs> so I uh, just want to thank Dr. Wayne McAfee for being with us on this organizational psychology show. This is incredible. Uh, I can give you his number. It is 909-884-0133 if you want to contact him directly. What we're going to discuss in later shows is sex in relationships, how to keep it up, childhood issues, Prozac moments, divorce and step-parenting, the joy of thankless living, personality disorders, can't you find a UFO to haul your ass back home, suicide, death, and grieving the art of living miserably. And we're going to also have crisis intervention and wellness with Dr. Nancy Bull. That's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, you can contact me at Twitter at... D-R-G-B-M-F-T. Remember, the person who smiles when something goes wrong has thought of someone to blame it on. Thank you, everybody. That's our show for this week. 
Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.